Hey everybody, nobody is motivated by pain and struggle, but sometimes pain is what helps us to grow stronger. Today, we're going to talk about how God's path toward great strength with great humility requires some pain, but it leads to a great reward. So stick around. The passage we're going to talk through is a continuation of where we were last week. We were talking about the parable of the workers in the vineyard in Matthew chapter 20. So if you're wanting to follow along in your Bible, we'll be looking at chapter 20, verses 17 through 28. In this section of scripture, I'm calling the ransom. And it it leads us to this, this actually beautiful place in scripture where Jesus says, I am who you've been looking for. I'm the solution to this problem you have with wanting to be great in this world and not in the world to come in God's kingdom. Chapter 17, he says, Matthew says, Now as Jesus was going up to Jerusalem, he took the twelve disciples aside and said to them, We are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death and will turn him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified. And on the third day, he will be raised to life. And the disciples are going, why are you telling us this? (laughs) I thought you were just talking about people getting wages and kind of wanting everybody to know that you're generous. And then all of a sudden, you're going to go and die? What is what is that about? You know, from our perspective today, we can look back and go, duh, look, he's talking about his crucifixion. Well, they didn't know about that. They were assuming Jesus was leading them to take over his kingdom there and then, that they were going to be his new army. <laughs> and, and God was going to usher in his kingdom in this moment. And so you can see all of a sudden this stark contrast between where the disciples were understanding Jesus and where they were completely clueless. Uh, The spiritual word is spiritually blind. They could not see the spiritual um, ramifications and purpose for what Jesus was talking about, which, which is the most important thing about our faith in him, is that his mission by coming to earth was to come and die for us, to substitute himself in our place, each of us. Each person in this world, you, me, your family, your extended family, your friends, your co-workers, everyone in your community, your neighbors, Jesus came in order to take their place from sin and death. That the, that the consequences of sin and death would not condemn them because he would take their place and save them. And he says it again and again, and he says it before here, is that it's by believing. It's by believing in Jesus Christ as the Son of God. And you can tell that this goes way out, right over their heads because of what happens next in verse 20. Then, so nothing is said about it. 
there's no commentary from the disciples. Uh, there was the first time that Jesus mentions this, but there is no there is no discussion about Jesus saying this to the disciples, at least that Matthew records. And it's like they just move on. And it says, Then the mother of Zebedee's sons, who were James and John, two of the disciples, came to Jesus with her sons and, kneeling down, asked a favor of him. What is it you want? he asked. She said, Grant that one of these two sons of mine may sit at your right and the other at your left in your kingdom. And Jesus said to them, You don't know what you are asking. Can you drink the cup I am going to drink? And without hesitation, the next verse they just say, We can! And you can imagine this scene happening, and it's happening in front of the other disciples as well. And you're going to get their response too. But in this moment, this mama comes in and says, Look, my boys are the ones you need, God, at your right and your left. And Jesus is saying, Ah, God bless you. Bless her heart. You know, uh, that's not just a Southern thing, because in this moment, all of us are going, oh, don't think that that's the right move to make. But this is what happens, because mama knows best, right? And, and in most circumstances, yes. In this one, this mama really didn't understand. And her boys didn't understand. And they were grown men. And so they are following Jesus. But they're, they're going along with it and they say, Oh, of course, yes we can. We can take this cup. But I want you to look at Proverbs 18.13 with me. Solomon says this, He who answers before listening, that is his folly and his shame. Meaning, if you just answer and you don't know what you're answering yes to, consequences are on you. Wisdom teaches us, God teaches us to listen before we commit to something, before we overcommit to something. And I'm telling you, these two were overcommitting. Jesus lovingly takes this situation and speaks his truth into it. And Jesus said to them, this is in response to their quick response. You will indeed drink from my cup, but to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared by my Father. And so first of all, the cup, what, what are they talking about? The cup is often referenced in the Old Testament as this cup of judgment. Now, it can be a cup of blessing. It can be a cup of uh, anointing, you know, where, where David is anointed the king, um, where there's this sense of God walking with you. In this case, God is walking with them and with Jesus, and Jesus is God, right? That's what we believe as Christians. But the cup that he would drink would be the cup of judgment, because he just referenced it, I'm going to my death. I'm condemned. And those who are following me are following me to my death. Now, that's not the end, right? The hope is, and what Jesus did on the cross, to be raised from the dead, conquers death, and shows the path to eternal life 
from our life here on Earth. But Jesus is saying, yes, you'll experience judgment, but I can't tell you that you'll be on my right or my left. And I want to address that real quick is that with these two questions. First of all, why is status and privilege so important to us? And in my Bible study, one of the guys said, it just makes us feel good. Makes us feel like we're okay. If in society, we're not on the outside, doesn't it feel better to be on the inside of a conversation rather than to be excluded, rather than to be pushed out or not included? And that's why it's so hard. That's why it was so hard for the disciples to understand that Jesus had already said, look, if you want greatness, you have to be humble. You have to become like a child who this culture sees as the lowest. You have to now be, uh, and he's going to say in a second, the one who serves someone else, which was completely socially unacceptable. You think about those terms in your culture, in your neighborhood, and in, in your household. What are the things that are completely against the social norm? And then in verse 24, this is great. When the ten heard about this, so that you can see the scene, the ten disciples are sitting around watching this or heard about it. Maybe they didn't. Maybe they weren't sitting right there, but they heard about what was what had transpired. They were indignant with the two brothers. They were so mad. And why were they mad? It wasn't because they were righteous. It's because James and John and his mom beat them to the punch because they wanted that position. They were mad because of that. And then Jesus calls them together. There's a mo this is a moment of, of uh, great gentleness, I think, on Jesus' part to say, look, okay, I've tried to tell you in the last couple days and, and, and all of this speaking of, of what greatness to God looks like. And you still aren't getting it, so that's okay. Come in, you know, it's like with your team. Come in and take a knee. <laughs> Everybody sit down. Just, just relax for a second. And he says this. He says, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. Now, who are the Gentiles? And he's talking to a Jewish audience. The people around them were the Romans and the Roman soldiers. And apparently the culture was to step on people, to be self-seeking, to, to win at all costs to shove people out of the way, to be unkind, to be rude, to be self-promoting instead of God-promoting, instead of humble, instead of kind. And he says, and their high officials exercise authority over them. And what, what you need to connect to the dots here is that the, the leaders of Israel were in that place too. They were following them. Herod was essentially a Gentile king, <laughs> even though he was a self the self-proclaimed king of the Jews is what he wanted to be termed. And so there was no difference, there was no distinction between somebody like Herod and, and, and somebody like Caesar. The two had the same agenda, and it was to continue to climb the ladder, 
continue to be uber wealthy and continue to step on the poor and really maintain that status quo (laughs) so that their comfort level would continue to increase regardless of what's happening in the rest of the world, in the rest of their community, with the people that they were put in places to serve. And Jesus says, verse 26, Not so with you. Not so with you. And it's this command of, don't become like that. If you want to be my follower, you can't become like that. Because that's not who I am. I'm not sending you a guilt trip. I'm not telling you you're condemned. In fact, I'll save you regardless of your behavior, regardless of your choices. But the people who believe in me and are really following me and learning from me are the ones who are not going to pattern their lives after the pattern of this world and the structures and the systems that are in place. They're going to be different because that structure is not in my Father's kingdom. And that's why the last will be first and that's why the humble will be rewarded and not the proud and not the self-serving and he says not so with you instead and here's here's one of those things he's going to give the disciples this principle and this is the pattern and this is how jesus lays it out for them and for us and he says instead whoever wants to become great among you must be your slave So slave equals great. And that's not how our world thinks, is it? No. In this case, he's saying, I want you to know that you're not under any obligation to be a slave. Because you have this wealth of my father's kingdom. But I want you to act like a slave with others. I want you to imagine that you get to serve them. And when you imagine that and put yourself in that position, you will, become, you will start to do what I do. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Whoever wants to be first must be your slave. It must be the person who knows how to serve with a true heart of love. And he says, here's how, you, here's how you'll know how to do it and if you're doing it the right way. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And a ransom was this is this financial word in Greek that's used here. And it actually talks about 
the purchase price for freeing a slave. And see, here's what we don't understand. We don't understand that we actually are slaves to this world. We're slaves to our stuff. We're slaves just like the rich young man was, just like the disciples were, because they're showing us, hey, I, I'm going to be great. I'm with the guy who's behind the guy behind the guy. <laughs> you know, I, I'm the one who's actually going uh, about this. I've got backstage passes, and if you guys would like to get in on this, I'm willing to do that, but it's going to cost you a little bit, right? I mean, come on, I'm with the guy. And Jesus is saying, I want you to know I'm using this word ransom because I want you to, I don't want you to forget that you were once a slave. Israel, you were once a slave in Egypt. Do you remember? Do you remember what happened? I rescued you. I pulled you out. I saved you. I delivered you. Whatever word you'd like to use, God is saying, I was the one who did that. And Jesus is saying, I am the same God who is going to deliver you, not just from one ruler, one tyrant, one abusive situation. I'm going to, I'm going to rescue you from all of those situations by ending it completely through the cross. And it's going to be a lot of pain for me and a lot of gain for you. And it's a matter of saying, are you willing to follow me there, even to be humiliated for saying, you believe in Jesus? You believe in this guy? I mean, he died. That's what the people were saying after the crucifixion. He, this guy died. He's, he's not the Savior. And he was saying, remember, Peter. Remember, John. Remember, I'm freeing you from this world because you're a slave to it. And I'm not calling you to be my slave. I'm calling you to be my friend. Because I want to set you free from anything that involves slavery. But there's a, there's a price that has to be paid to get there on my part. There's also a price that you'll have to pay. It's not about salvation. I'm taking care of that. All you have to do is believe. Just believe. <laughs> I'm going to reveal myself to you. I'm going to be risen from the dead. He just said that, right? He predicts his own death. He's trying to remind them. He's saying, look, I'm going to be crucified, but I'm going to be raised up on the third day. And I'm telling you that now because I want you to believe in me. Believe that I am God. And that I have all the power and all the might, and all the glory to not have to do this path. And I could have structured it any other way, but I decided that I wanted to pay 
for your sins, for your struggles, for the pain that you face. I'm paying for that. Because no pain and no gain. And so the pain that you'll have to face is more than a sense of being accepted in this world or not. Because the people in this world don't accept Christians. They just don't. They don't accept Christ followers. People that are purely of this world, they're going to try to crucify you just like they did me. And as Paul would say later in Galatians 5.1, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then. Do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Don't saddle up to the slavery of this world again. I'm setting you free from that. Freeing your minds, freeing your bodies, freeing your hearts from the things that easily tempt you, that easily have a hold on you in this world. I know it's not easy. The pain is giving it up. The pain is following me and saying, I don't want those other things as much as I want you, Jesus. But when you do, the gain far and away outweighs the pain. The gain far and away outweighs the pain. The pain is temporary. The gain is eternal. Forever. Can't be taken away. And Jesus is telling his disciples that. Of course, they don't understand this clearly, but we can today, can't we? We can be in a place where we go, that's the kind of freedom I want, isn't it? Isn't that the kind of freedom that you want? It's the kind of freedom I want. And it begins with following. And then believing and continuing to follow, even when you don't understand everything, even when you're still learning. Because Jesus said, follow me and I will teach you because I am gentle and humble in heart. I'll teach you how to serve others. I'll give you opportunities to do that. Don't worry about that right now. Let's just settle the thing that's the elephant in the room. Believe in Jesus Christ. Because he came to save you and to be the ransom payment for you so that you don't have to be enslaved any longer to anything in this world. No relationship, no job, no family situation, no place of poverty, no place of, place of wealth. Anything in this world that has enslaved you and put you in prison is gone when you realize and trust that Jesus came to ransom you and to be that for you. That there is this freedom that you can experience and that he wants you to experience for your entire life. But it begins with that. And that's when the new life begins. That's when he begins saying, okay, now let's go and serve some people. Let's go and help some people. Let's, let's give you some meaning. Let me tell you what I have in store. But if you haven't taken that step, 
you won't know what's in store because you'll still be stuck and enslaved to the things that have bound you for years, some people for decades. And God wants to set you free from that today. And that's why we do this podcast, is so that you can know that. And so that you can start experiencing that truth in your life. And it begins with the ransom. Hey, we're so glad you joined us again this week. I hope that you might take a minute to think about a friend who needs to hear this message. It's so hard to start those conversations, to have those um, spiritual conversations, and this is an easy way for you to just press share and send something encouraging to a friend that might need to hear it or someone who you know needs to hear the message that God loves them. It's an easy way to start a conversation and a great way for you to share the love of God with those people in your circle. So hope you will go and find the uh, find the share button here and send it on to a friend. We can't wait to be with you again next week.